Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Life seemed pretty perfect and wonderful, and except that there was a little murmur that was noticed when he was born. So it wasn't something I had been concerned about so much. My oldest had had a murmur as well. So it didn't strike me as super concerning. Um, but it was about day nine when we went to a doctor appointment to get that checked out. And that was the day that our life took a completely different pivot and went in a completely different direction than we had anticipated um, just a few moments before. And so at that appointment, he was diagnosed with a congenital heart defect. And within 48 hours, we had had his first surgery already done in a different province. And that's just the start of this medical journey. We're joined today by Jennifer Saran. She is a medical mom. She's also the author of a book titled When Your World Stops, Finding Hope in Your Child's Medical Journey. Today on Connections, she's going to share her story in hopes of helping other families out there going through a similar situation. She'll also share how her faith has helped her through this entire journey. I'm joined today by Jen. She is a mother, an author. She's also a medical mom. Tell us a little bit about your family. There's five of us, my husband and my kids. We live in southern Manitoba. You are a medical mom, and that comes with a lot of different things that many of us as parents don't deal with. Tell us a little bit about your story and your son. Well, we were just a little family of three when our second child came along and life seemed pretty perfect and wonderful. And except that there was a little murmur that was noticed when he was born. So it wasn't something I had been concerned about so much. My oldest had had a murmur as well. So it didn't strike me as super concerning. Um, But it was about day nine when we went to a doctor appointment to get that checked out. And that was the day that our life took a completely different pivot and went in a completely different direction than we had anticipated um, just a few moments before. And so at that appointment, he was diagnosed with a congenital heart defect. And within 48 hours, we had had his first surgery already done in a different province. As a parent, what was that like for you? You had one child already that didn't have this same defect. And now you have this child born with this and you get this news and and have that surgery right away. What What was going through your mind? It was kind of a moment where everything stills and pause, like you see it in movies where like the world kind of starts spinning around. Um, I remember there was um, a bunch of people in our church that were going to be starting to bring us meals that week, that day even. And so in the midst of I'm sitting in the room where we had just got the diagnosis, um, waiting to find out the next steps. We weren't able to take our child home that day. We had to admit them into the NICU immediately. And so there was just a lot of administrative tasks happening in order to make this all kind of happen. And I kept thinking I need to call the person in my church and let her know about the food. And your mind just goes in all weird sorts of places Mm. as you're trying to, in some ways, stay calm and process the information. But in another complete way, you're just, your brain's not doing well. (laughs) It was a big emotional um, hit to kind of try to navigate and walk through. That can't be easy. It's your child and you just want everything to be perfect. And that doesn't always happen. A lot of parents out out uh, listening will be able to relate to this, but there are going to be some parents who've never been through this and don't understand. Tell us a little bit about what it's like to live with a child that has a medical condition. 
It's a different sort of world. There was a great poem that was given to us in some of our information. It talked about flying to another, you're getting ready to fly to a country and you have all the plans, you've done all the research, so you know where you're going. And then all of a sudden you land and you're in a different country. And just that feeling of this is not where I expected to be. This is not where I expected to go. Um, And then realizing, though, that it's not all bad, that there is unique things in this new journey that you have found yourself on that are blessings and are treasures. And it's not all bad. It's not all dismal. And I think for people who don't have that connection, where they don't have someone in there, a child that has um, a medical condition that's chronic, that is um, a, a constant thing that's kind of on a parent's mind, whether the results of that chronic Um, disease is a daily thing that you see or whether it's more periodic and it flares up um, it's it's still it's very challenging to kind of navigate where you're going but there's also beautiful things that are part of that journey Um, it's different but it's still good tell us a little bit about the beauty in the journey I one of the things oddly enough is now that we've kind of gone through this season of COVID I felt like our family was better prepared for that because of what Mm -hmm. we've lived through with my son um, which was a weird thing that I didn't expect to experience when we first started it out but that whole idea of life suddenly takes a turn and you're not in control of what you get to do with yourself and where you get to be um, was something that we had had to process as a family so that ability to find resilience is definitely a, a beautiful treasured piece that you have to find in order to deal with chronic illness well whether that's a child or an adult like chronic illness is prevalent in in our society on all age levels right so um, that resilience of choosing to find the beauty and the joy in the moment um, finding the the nuggets of community that are unique Mm -hmm. and special Um, we've met some amazing people along our journey Um, his surgeries have taken us to Edmonton for long chunks of time to Vancouver for long chunks of time and so we have met people from across western Canada in our journey um, and connect with them and to see just there's something about watching a kid's resilience too that definitely humbles you as an adult and as a mom what is it like to watch in your own story your son's strength in all of this it's a mixed bag because <laughs> it's exciting to see his strength. But um, as he gets older as well, there's that constant, like we already realize when you're raising a child that you have to show them that the world's not always fair and how to navigate that and and work within what life gives you. And when you have a child with a chronic illness and, and if in whatever the case may be, for some there's uh decreased lifespan as well, but you're dealing with increased hospital stays, um, a lot of missed school for doctor's appointments and specialist appointments. You don't usually get to pick when those happen. They just show up in the mail and you have to show up at the appointment. That um, There's so much stuff that's missed and you're trying to teach your kid what life is like um, in the midst of this and explain to them why their life is different than the people around them when they especially as they get into older like middle school and high school grades where you kind of want to just be like everybody else and you're not um, and and teaching them to be bold within who they are and what makes them unique it's a hard thing as a parent it's a joy to see them find their strength and to find their voice but it's also very hard to have such a heavy layer of parenting that's added on top of the normal stuff that life brings which can be quite heavy for our kids these days what gives you strength to get through all of this 
my faith has definitely been a piece of strength for me. Um, and, you know, faith comes from my time with the Lord, but also through church connections, through family support, through people who aren't even in church. Like the, the network of people who are supportive in our journey have been across the board. Um, and I think for me, one of my theme passages of my life that I've always really, really loved is Isaiah 61. And it's kind of the cornerstone of my faith through, um, I used to work in the inner city with underprivileged youth and in places where the advocacy is needed in many aspects of my life. And the, the, the hope and the trust that God is a redemptive God, that at the end of the day, no matter what happens in this world, that there is a God who restores. There is a God who brings joy instead of mourning and brings crowns instead of ashes. That is the God that I am happy to serve and to cling on to with my faith, whether life turns the way I want it to or whether it pivots a direction I don't want it to go. Have you ever had your faith impacted by this? Have you ever been angry with God going like, why did you choose my family? Or have you been able to keep that strength with God throughout all of this? Oh, it's been everything. There's, there's, <laughs> I don't, I don't think you can navigate through these sorts of journeys without having those moments where you're shouting at God, walking back from the pick you, not knowing whether your child will survive. Our, our child had some very dark moments in his journey. And there's, there's definitely some angry words I said to God, although my heart was still <laughs> trusting in him. It was, I need to let you know that this is making me really scared and really angry. Just like a little kid with the tantrum, I had some in front of God in prayer as well. And times where I had no prayers, where I had no words, where I just asked people to pray. And it was, that was part of where the support of the community comes into play. When someone's going through something really big, there's times you have no words for yourself and for your situation. And if you know someone who's struggling, you can pray for them. That makes a greater difference than you could possibly imagine. And I felt comforted knowing other people were praying as well. But yeah, I felt it all. <laughs> and you're not the first person to say that too. It's unbelievable what can come out of that though and what it brews in your own faith in the midst of that chaos. You write about your story now in a book called when your world stops finding hope in your child's medical journey. Why did you decide to write this book and to share your story with others? I'm a bit of a generalist of life. I love looking and observing what's going on around me and figuring out what I can do to help, looking for the helpers, looking to see how I can help as well. Um, and there's times in my life I've been the one who's been helped in those situations because none of us are always a helper. And when we went through this journey, my spouse and I, we both are very much um, wired to look to see what our resources are. And the longer we've been in this journey, the more we see that a lot of families don't look for where those spaces are. They feel overwhelmed. You get lots of information thrown at you from the medical world, but sometimes it's it's hard to navigate that or know what's important. It's not always packaged very well either. If you get a eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper, you feel like you're in school and it's, it's not <laughs> an easy medium to kind of connect with. Um, and I had had a friend who had lost a few parents in a very short amount of time and was going through their own grief. And upon visiting them the week of the funeral, they came out and talked to me about 
my blog that I did while my son was sick and how that was helpful to them. And as I pondered that, I'm like, well, that's an interesting time for this to come up and realized that for them, they were, they didn't know how to process their grief. They didn't have the words. They didn't know how to connect to the grief and deal with it. And them pondering how I verbally process through our own griefs, through our son's illnesses, that they found a connecting piece there. And I'm like, other people probably are feeling similar. So this book was written for those who don't know where to go um, and who are looking for the words to say there's 30 short chapters because no traumatized parent has brain space for long chapters. So they're written so that they're very short and easy to digest standalone chapters with a short meditation. I, I called it a meditation so people of all faiths feel comfortable to come into that space and connect and I just pray for the Lord's blessing upon that time for them as they do that. Um, but a short meditation for them to connect and put their words to God and put that up to prayer as well. Um, it has a bit of my own personal story, but it's also more broad and it spans past congenital heart defects. Um, as the theme, it's more of just dealing with chronic illness in hospital and out. This book has been out for a couple of years now. What yeah, has the response be been like? What has the response been like from those who have had the chance to read? Have you had people message you and go, "What? Like, thank you so much for writing this. Thank you, you've helped me through my own journey." Yeah, I have had a few of those as well. Um, there was a lot of friends and family who purchased it, which um, they it was came out in the midst of COVID, and so the, back to the previous conversation, it connected in different ways than I had imagined it to, even within that. Um, but the primary place where my book has had the most traction is actually right in hospitals. It's been put in Vancouver and in Winnipeg, and there's been some as well in Saskatchewan that have gone out directly to families who are in the midst and the beginning of their journeys. Um, so that has been, for me, my my measure of success is getting into the hands of those who need it the most. Um, so my next steps is trying to figure out how to make that even more accessible to families who could use um, that little bit of a lighthouse in the midst of their dark journey to know that there is hope and there's others who have gone there before. You mentioned it there a little bit, hope for families that are in the midst of this journey. What else do you hope that readers will take away from this book? That they're not alone. It can be a very polarizing experience. Um, we've been blessed by the community that surrounds us in hospital, in chronic um, disease world, as well as in our normal community. Uh, not everyone has those pieces. And so the importance of having someone um, be able to to see that others have gone through it and survived it can be a tremendous uh, strength for them. For our listeners that may be going through a similar situation to yours, maybe just starting their journey in the middle of it and completely confused, what would you say to those listeners? That we who have gone before stand with collected breath and let you know that you can do it one day at a time. One thing I've heard you say over and over and over again is community. How important is that community in a parent's journey as a medical parent? It's tremendously important. It helps fill in the spaces that you don't have grace for anymore on days where things are overwhelming. Um, but there's also, you know, in the midst of community, there's a lot of moments where you are just on your own. And that's where community ends up becoming something that shelters you. 
I had gone last winter cross-country skiing in the midst of a blizzard, which seemed like a bad idea at the time. And as I got into the bush, all of a sudden the storm had disappeared. And it was for me, it was this picture of what community does for us when we're in the midst of a storm, that they become the trees that shelter the wind and the snow in order to give us that space so that we can go on the journey that we are on. And so community becomes that shelter in the storm for those who are navigating their own little storm. And it is a wonderful thing to gift to somebody and to be part of. What about us parents out there that haven't gone through something like this, don't understand it? What are some, I don't want to say tips and advice, but what what are some good things that we can do to help a family that is maybe going through a similar journey as yours? I know when we were in the thick of it in hospital, or if there's someone who's in like a, an acute crisis with health, um, Asking what to do is less helpful than saying, I would like to bring you a meal. Does today or tomorrow work better for you? Um, Decision processes are really hard for people who are in the throes of a crisis. Um, And I found some of the most helpful were people who just showed up and did or gave me an option between one and two (laughs) rather than (laughs) open-ended questions. I know that was super helpful. Um, And being present and being available, sending a note and saying, hey, I'm thinking about you can go a long way, even if you don't hear back from the person. That's interesting. It seems so simple and like it doesn't mean anything, but hearing it from you, it obviously means a lot. It does. For those who are interested in learning more about your story or they want to pick up your book, When Your World Stops, Finding Hope in Your Child's Medical Journey, how can they go about doing that? They can go right to my website. There's a link to my book there. And I also have some blogs on that website. And that's jennifersaran.com. Thank you so much for making time for us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you so much for joining us and for listening. Remember, if you want to listen to this full conversation again, you could do that by checking out our podcast, Connections with Mike, Tom, and Colleen Hood. You can find that at podcastville.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcast from. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.